Let us pray. Lord, open our hearts and minds by the power of your Holy Spirit, that as the scriptures are read and your word is proclaimed, we may hear with joy what you say to us today. Amen. Our first reading comes from Luke chapter 7, verses 11 through 17. If you have a pew Bible and you want to look at it, it is on page 940. Soon afterwards, he went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went with him. As he approached the gate of the town, a man who had died was being carried out. He was his mother's only son, and she was a widow. With her was a large crowd from the town. When the Lord saw her, he had compassion for her and said to her, Do not weep. Then he came forward and he touched the bier, and the bearers stood still. And he said, Young man, I say to you, rise. The dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus gave him to his mother. Fear seized all of them, and they glorified God, saying, A great prophet has risen among us, and God has looked favorably on his people. This word about him spread throughout Judea and surrounding country. Our second scripture comes from John 9, 1 through 7, found on page 976 in your pew Bibles. As he walked along, Jesus, again, we're speaking about, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. We must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. Night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made mud with the saliva and spread the mud on the man's eyes, saying to him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which means scent. Then he went and washed and came back, able to see. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God on to the next one. There we go. Light from darkness to light. Pain, sorrow, grief, loneliness, emptiness, feelings that I'm sure many of us have experienced at some point in our lives. Times when we feel like we are at the lowest of lows, when we feel like there is nothing that can bring us out of the pain we are experiencing. We are searching for the light, but can only see darkness. In Luke 7, 11 through 17, we walk with Jesus, his disciples, and a large crowd into the town called Nain. There before him was what we would see as a funeral procession. In that time, there were no professional carriers to carry the body. Go to the next slide. Thank you. So friends and relatives of the deceased would take turns carrying the body. Women led the procession, and it was really quite noisy, even in cases in which sorrow was not that great in terms of if um, a person had died after a long illness. 
All funeral processions were expected to have those who would wail loudly and throw dust into their hair. In fact, families often hired professional mourners who assisted in this process. Remember, the deceased was the only son of a widow. Keep in mind that during these times, a woman was generally cared for by her husband or by her son if her husband had already passed away. For all intents and purposes, this woman would now need to beg in order to survive. So not only did she just lose her child, she was likely in a pretty desperate economic situation. Jesus sees the woman and has compassion for her. He touches the bier, which is basically a plank that's used as an open coffin of sorts to stop the bearers. Now, Jesus wasn't concerned about being ceremonially uncleaned. He's still touched. And then he tells the young man to rise, at which point he sat up and began to speak. The crowd was shocked by what they had witnessed and began glorifying God. Jesus showed compassion for this woman, a woman who was at her lowest God cares about us. God sees us weep. God knows what we are going through, and he understands the pain. When Jesus tells the woman, do not weep, he's not telling her, don't cry. He's telling her to trust him. He's got this. In our pain and in our sorrow, we must remember to trust God because he is with us through it all. But why is there pain and suffering? Is it just because of our sin? Next slide, please. At the beginning of John chapter 9, Jesus passes by a man that has been blind since birth. His disciples ask him, was this man born blind because of his own sin or his parents' sin? They ask it because it was customary in ancient Judaism that suffering could be traced directly back to sin. Jesus answers them that the blind man's blindness is not caused by either his own or his parents' sin, but that the works of God might be displayed in him. When we are delivered from our hardship and our suffering, we experience God's mercy and power Jesus goes on to say, I am the light of the world, and then later Jesus heals the man. Now, this isn't the first time that the disciples heard Jesus say this. Back in John chapter 8, verse 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Like the man Jesus healed, aren't we all kind of blind to an extent. You see, without Jesus, we live in darkness. We don't understand who we are or what we see in the world. Like pain and suffering, there are many things that we just don't understand, things that bring us down and hinder our ability to see God's plan and purpose. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works 
which God has prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God knows our pain in the past, in the present, and what's to come in the future. My husband and I adopted our daughters from China in 2008 and 2010. Our adoption journey began after I'd had a miscarriage. But out of that darkness, and there were days I felt pretty dark, we found our daughters. The girls have brought light into our lives. And in addition, both of our girls, you might know, have spina bifida. So they've also opened our eyes to many things in the disability community. We never would have known those or understood. Just as Jesus opened the eyes of the blind man, our eyes have been opened to God's goodness and amazing love. God knew the miscarriage was coming. He knew it was going to happen. But there was already a plan in place to bring us out of that darkness and give us an opportunity to make a difference in the lives of others we didn't even know at that time. We were once blind to many of the issues that our daughters face, but now we can see. We can glorify God by helping others in ways we never imagined. Of course, sometimes when we're right in the middle of the darkness, it can be really hard to see the light. Some of you know that I had spinal surgery back in December of 2020. After a couple months of back, hip, and leg pain, it was discovered that I had symptomatic Tarlov cysts. These are not ordinary cysts that can just be removed. What they are is the sheath around the nerve actually expands and fills with cerebral spinal fluid. And that then compresses on the other nerves that are around them, causing pain. They, in order to fix this problem, they have to drain the cysts and then wrap them really tight to try to hold it back, because obviously that sheath was an issue. It's a connective uh, tissue disorder. And huh, there's only a few neurosurgeons in the world that actually do this surgery. So I traveled to Texas, out to Dallas, and ended up having a total of six of those cysts repaired. If you understand um, how the spine works and how the nerves work, they were at levels S1, S2, S3, S4 on the left side, and S1 and 2 on the right side. Surgery went great. I met some fabulous people. I shared stories that helped others as we worked through this together. There's many people out there that are going through this, and we could talk with each other. And it actually helps me have a little better understanding of what my girls go through when they have spinal surgery and the numbness and the tingling and the pain that goes with it. Fast forward to November, just a couple months ago. After lifting some heavy things and probably doing a little too much, which I never do, right? I began having pain again. I figured it's just a flare-up. After all, I was told that the recovery period for this is two to three years. Well, the pain has continued, and some days it has gotten worse. A couple of nights ago, I believe it was Thursday night, it was dark, everybody was asleep, I was the only one awake. And the pain got really intense, like crying, groaning, there's just nothing I could do. I groaned, I tried to pray, but I had a really hard time focusing on the right words. A friend passed along an article to me the following morning. It was shortly after I found out that I was going to be preaching today. It talks about wordless prayer. 
I think that's how I felt. But God hears those wordless prayers and the groans. The article says, in Romans 8, we groan inwardly in sad harmony with creation, carrying pain so deep that we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But even then, the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. He meets us in the maelstrom of our hearts, and the Holy Spirit groans to God in the non-language of our pain. Now, I don't know why I need to go through this pain right now. Trust me, I would really rather not. But I know that God is with me, even in the darkest times, even at night when I'm asleep or going through things, I know he's there. I don't know the struggles that you might be facing. Maybe you have pain. Maybe you have financial hardship. Maybe you have sorrow right now in your heart. Maybe if you're a kiddo or a teenager, you're dealing with stuff at school. It's crazy there. We don't know when the teachers are going to be there, when they're not. The work is really, really tough. Maybe at your job, it's tough because there's not as many people. So the few that are there are having to make up for all those that aren't. Perhaps what you're going through right now makes it difficult to see the light. We must remember that God hears our prayers, our cries, and our groans. We're not promised a life without struggles or without pain or loss, loneliness, or grief. Nor are we promised that God will remove all the pain and sorrow on this side of heaven. Rather, we are called to endure. In Greek, one of the words for endure is hupomeno, which means to remain firm or stay put. Remain firm in your faith in the midst of trials. But what we are promised is that God will be with us. And through Jesus, we can find the light and glorify God for his goodness. So cry out to Jesus. Groan if you need to. God is listening and he is there. Quoting from a song uh, that Third Day sings, there is hope for the helpless, rest for the weary, and love for the broken heart. And there is grace and forgiveness, mercy and healing. He'll meet you wherever you are. Cry out to Jesus. Cry out to Jesus. Amen. That's a short one, huh? Hey, when you only got a couple days, you know. So we're about to take up um, the offering, and you know that the plate is in the back. We're not going to pass it around. Um, there's also ways to give if you're watching online. I encourage you to look in your pews. Find these blue and pink cards. The blue cards are for us to write down our prayers so that we can pray with each other and for each other and cry out to Jesus. People will pray for you when all you can do is groan. They're there. The pink cards are to write down our praises, the amazing, wonderful things that God has done for us. So take a moment, reach into those pews. I'm sure all of you have somebody, maybe yourself, that needs prayer. And I'm sure we have praises to share with each other.